0: Thanks for finding this podcast. It's called Lacrosse Classified. It's on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, and this is Lax Class One Twenty Five. As my name is Jake Elliott, my co-host name is Brad Chelliner, and uh, Bradley. Happy Sunday! Uh, welcome back to the podcast, man. We it's a joyous, joyous occasion here on on EP One Twenty Five. We we got them, Brad. We got it done. The Gay Twins are booked, and, and that was a, a big relief off my plate. How's it going on a Sunday?
1: Going good, man. I'm also I'm also rejoicing. We've got number nineteen, Paul Gate today, and like we alluded to last week, it, it was it was the t- it was the two toughest guys to get in the last two episodes of this calls to the hall series. <laughs> yes. But rightly so, like you know, I doing my homework on Paul Gate. I, I've spoken to Paul Gate once before. It was in between periods at the LAC, the tw- right? Twenty eleven man Cup. Face Yeah, to for face to face, face to face, up in the booth. Yeah, I that. Paul Gate. That was that was a nerve wracking moment. That's the last time I spoke. <laughs> last time I spoke to him, but like he's he's elusive. like doing my homework this week he was he's he's purposely happy to be in the background. and even with gate lacrosse, like I think Gary does most of the mostly the face of it yeah. and Paul kind of likes to lurk in the background that's how he is. And you said it last week, like these guys just don't like talking about themselves. So it's going to be interesting. chat. I think we got to dive deep and ask them some questions that maybe they haven't been asked before and, and challenge these guys with some topics that uh, that we want to hear about from these guys. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely all about that. And, but the, you know, like the, the point of these two is to talk about their hall of fame careers as well. So we got to like find a healthy mix and balance of talk about how great you were, and let's talk about some things that maybe nobody has asked you before, because you're right, they've done hundreds and hundreds of these interviews and and we want to make this one special so you know we've we're gonna offer these these interviews up to the to the league to see if they want to, to put them into the Hall of Fame and uh, hopefully they do and if they don't they don't but uh, we want to kind of make these special and and so happy to get uh, the last two guys lined up to cross everybody off the list and and uh, really looking forward to the chat coming up in quarter number two calls to the hall with number 19. Paul Gate. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we got our Stampede Stallion, of course, Bradley, in, in the fourth quarter. Quick sticks in quarter three, and, and big focus coming up here in mere moments. Um, it's funny, I, I just kind of got back from the park. I went out and played a, a little disc golf early this morning in the the freezing rain. Um, <laughs> but and now, now and it's now, beautiful I sunny. sit down in the... Sun. <laughs> so, anyways, I got in my steps. I'm feeling good. What? Uh, how has your weekend been so far?
1: The, the weather in BC changing, like, Mrs. Chaloner's moods from one <laughs> minute to the next. She won't listen, so okay. I can say. Okay, yeah. Well, nah, she
0: I've, might if somebody tips <laughs> her off of that little gem right there. That ricochet. Uh, it,
1: it was a good little spring, good little spring weekend. reseeded the lawn, oh. fertilized, planted some plants. And then, of course, like this morning, it starts pouring rain and a wind warning's in effect. I'm like, no, don't blow the seed around. Yeah, All my right. hard work from yesterday, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, no one on the lawn for a couple of weeks. We gotta, we gotta plant in, uh, replant some bald spots. A lot of people doing fake
0: lawn lately. I see. You considered I, that option? No, I, I voted. Um,
1: I wanted no lawn. I just wanted to pave the whole backyard, like <laughs> almost like stamped concrete, <laughs> low maintenance. Who
0: needs grass? Stamped
1: concrete, almost make it like a little courtyard back uh, there. I'm telling you, a lot of people no, go with the fake for lacrosse, stuff.
0: Fake for hockey. Fake stuff. I know Matt Beers has got the fake stuff in his back lawn. Uh, our, our old buddy Jared Harmon, I just saw it, redid his uh, his backyard with the fake stuff. Looks good. No no lawn lawn required. It's uh, a
1: it's a losing battle in in oh, a parts of the lower yeah, mainland it's just to, time to grow lawn. And, yeah. I don't know. I know. So if you're in a house for, this is this is year two with our backyard. So we're like, okay, hey, we're going to try the grass one more time. And then if it goes to hell this year, then next year we'll have to plant something. But not a fan of the artificial turf. Like okay. I said, I'd rather go wow. stamp concrete, make a little, you know, maybe draw some. Maybe draw some lines on the ground and put some put some nets back there and turn it Crease, into like a little yeah. little box. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Wii not box. to
0: not to continue the lawn talk <laughs> here, but my dad's place. Welcome when I was Welcome to growing, lawn classified. Yeah. When I was growing up, I had a pretty big backyard and and yeah, I, I had the old like old school ride more, but he had to like tape like a t- piece of two by four on it so my leg could reach the pedal. And uh, I used to truck around in the tractor cutting the grass because it was too big to do by hand, but. So I don't miss uh, I don't miss cutting grass up in my fourth floor of my condominium. I can tell you that. Don't miss that one bit. Um, what do you think, Brad? Big focus time. Let's do it. Let's do it. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. There it is, the big focus, and we were kind of deciding, bro, what we want to do for the big focus. It's been a quiet, like an abnormally quiet week as far as big news goes, uh, national lacrosse league or box lacrosse wise. But nice little tie-in here as the PLL, the Premier Lacrosse League. Drafting uh, a bunch of players and a bunch of NLL players who declared themselves in the player pool and Lyle Thompson, uh, the Cyborg, Hasek, Challen Rogers, among others, getting drafted into the PLL. So we're gonna get PLL before we get NLL, but we will get a chance to watch a bunch of NLL guys.
1: Yeah, four four out of eight in the first round. Uh, led off by Lyle at number one. The Cannons. The or the cyborg hoss that goes to archers. They're going. to see
0: archers using the cyborg in a tweet. I know. Uh, so it's on, it's, it's blowing
1: on. up. It's blowing up. Love uh, it. Liam Liam Burns to Water Dogs and Randy Stotts to Chrome in round one, and then Ryan Lee. You mentioned Challen Rogers. Kyle Jackson gets picked up by Chaos. So Mister uh, yeah, Irrelevant
0: Latter- there. Kyle Jackson, the final pick of of the draft, if I'm not. And mistaken. maybe
1: not the Jackson that people were expecting his name right. to be called. Gene Jackson left left. Uh, MVP
0: of the National Lacrosse League, formerly of Limestone fame, Shane Jackson, doing great things down in the dirty south with uh, with the youth there. But you're well, talking Shane the MVP Jackson, here, man.
1: Yeah, and and Kevin Crowley, not drafted a former Mark MLL Matthew Mark Matthews an NLL MVP, Brendan Bombury one of the best young defenders in the game, Latrell Harris, Andrew Q, who could have been the ML, uh, the NL uh, the MVP of the MLL last uh, year. How does? fantastic like, year so it just shows the talent like they haven't even done the college draft well yet. that's and it, it that well. Man. so we're not even talking about Nanacoke and and
0: heat and, <laughs> Sours.
1: and td ireland and all these guys coming in like it's going to be an insane year more teams here to have eight teams
0: it's- uh lacrosse flash willing to put their branding on for a team up here in in the great way north uh Rabs, if you're listening so uh, they need more teams because there's just too many good players not to, to add a couple of more teams, especially in, in that league. So.
1: And uh, I don't know what's going on with the waiver wire. I read that the cannons waiver wire was open to pick up players that didn't get drafted to load up the, the to round out the cannons roster from March 26th, right? To March 28th. Here we are at three o'clock in the afternoon on the 28th. And I haven't heard of cannons signing anybody then I don't know if they don't sign anybody, if, if the likes of Matthews Crowley and Shane Jackson can go and sign anywhere else or who can who can play yeah, I'm not those. sure That's how that works are on the waiver wire
0: it's insane like I don't know if these these coaches or, or GMs that are they're making these picks like I don't know if they they know something I don't or whether they just don't know about these guys <laughs> like it I know seems I think crazy they must though, like me.
1: and I wonder and I wonder too like People, Dylan Malloy left. Uh, left well, I think there's the a there's a different situation going but, on no, there. No, but there. But I don't know. It, it, yeah, with him. But is there maybe maybe there's the same with a Crowley to Matthews? Like maybe there's some politicking going on. Well, that we don't yeah. know about.
0: Crowley has been
1: outspoken about he that was, league. He in was. The past. So
0: is Dixon, right? And he's there. Like, so I don't know. Um, uh, so there
1: can be forgiveness. But man, I'd like to see like. um Andy Towers continues to build Team Canada with with wow, chaos man. by picking up Challen Rogers, oh, who's going to run in transition with the likes of like Tyson Bell, and it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be nice. I still just think play they Dylan need Ward.
0: No, nothing against Blaze though, but the fact that Dylan Ward didn't get a second of play in the bubble last year is ridiculous. Like
1: play e- Blaze on attack, he can do it.
0: Yeah, or either like play him or move him. Like don't let a commodity like that just sit. Because it's not, it's not good for him. It's not good for the league. It's not good for fans. Like it's not good for anybody. That guy deserves to. Be, he's Team Canada's starting goaltender. And he and no, like again, no disrespect to Blaze because I think he is a phenomenal field goaltender. But like, it's crazy to have Dylan Ward just sitting on the bench, not starting on a team.
1: But not a bad safety net if something does go sure. awry. And but ma- not and maybe- a
0: second. He didn't get a second. But maybe-
1: and, but maybe it is. Maybe it is trade bait eventually. I, th- I still think they need a playmaking attackman on that team. They've got a lot of finishers and yeah. Dixon and Byrne. And, um, but I'm not convinced they have that playmaker, that feeder, that general. And I think that's where Matthews could fit in if he was plucked up off the waiver wire. Like Imagine him feeding those guys and having the behind the back passes to Josh Byrne and, and drawing his, drawing his doubles and thawing his slides. How
0: does nobody pick him?
1: Maybe because he's 33 and he's come you know on, he's big, but he's like he's he's quick too. Like people underestimate the quickness that Matthews has in his feet to get into the middle too. So he's one know, maybe of the best lacrosse Ill, like
0: players him. in the world, flat out, bar none. There's no argument.
1: Someone will grab him. Someone will grab him. I'm hoping and Crowley too. Crowley still has game left oh, as a mercy. as a righty finisher. Like, yeah. come on. So nice to see a lot of our NLL guys. We're going to see them on the field this year. I be it in there. I'll be in the PLL. But excited to see what these guys can do and and build their celebrity and build their profile because people are talking about the likes of Randy Stotts this week and 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 blowing up and and Hosek getting put on that stage. We already know how good he is as a three-time NLL defensive player of the year. But wait till he starts eating guys alive in the PLL and talking about a long be the best stick defender in that on guy's earth. Hand.
0: <laughs> I feel sorry I feel sorry for Attackman when when that guy gets a long pole in his hand and, and starts coming after you like forget it um,
1: but fun to listen to that draft on, on Twitter. Yeah, it was, it was um, different, a
0: little different, right? They had one yeah. little hiccup there, but it was still, you know. But still, it was
1: free and it was easy to stumble off because you're going to follow those picks along on Twitter anyways and you're able to just open up the audio, basically listen to an audio version things, yeah. while you can still scroll through. And uh, so it's was neat, like PLL continues to push the boundaries. Well, that's and, and just it. Do like, things right there.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing... What this year will bring as far as what they've learned from the first year and the bubble going into this year, all the improvements and enhancements that league is going to make, I think it's going to be real, real fun to watch. And tons of NLL box lacrosse players in that league and and, uh, stars in that league as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Two PLLC, two PLLC seasons will be fully played and then the books How is knock that on wood possible? by the time by the time we see the NLL get back together again.
0: My goodness, it's been too long. That was the big focus right there. If you want to sponsor the big focus, get at us uh, at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com or in the social media DMs. If, you, if you're if you looking to, to hook up with the podcast, uh, we can use a sponsor or two here. So don't be shy. Reach out, uh, Brad. I think that's going to wrap up quarter number one. We shall move to quarter two. And, man, am I ever looking forward to to this one half of the gate brothers we got paul on episode 125 calls to the hall coming up next here on lacrosse classified right here on the home of lax class lacrosse flash podcast network
1: associated labels and packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service with 40 years of experience an extensive product catalog and an ever-growing fleet of equipment. Associated Labels and
2: Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level.
1: Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer, Sal
2: LaCasio. You're listening to Lax Class on the LaCrosse Flash Podcast Network,
1: your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse.
0: Welcome back to lacrosse classified EP 125 into the second quarter we go, but uh, not before I tell you about associated labels and packaging best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging good friends down there in Coquitlam over 40 years of experience. Jake Ellett, Brad Schellinger with you and calls to the Hall here presented by Stampede Tech and Western Wear. And we're just down to our final two Hall of Famers. Uh, saving the best for last, if you will, here, Brad Schellinger, as we have one half of the Gate Twins. Paul Gate joining us here on the podcast. I don't think I need to run down Paul's resume here, Brad. Let's just say one of the greatest lacrosse players to ever Pick up a stick here. the The resume and accolades are endless here. Paul, uh, I'm so happy that you you found the time to join us here on, on the podcast. Thanks for doing this. And uh, how are things, man? I know you're back in Albany. You're you're sitting in your warehouse there right now. Maybe we'll start um, <laughs> with. I always ask this uh, first time guest. where. How did you find lacrosse, or how did lacrosse find you and Gary, and what made you pick up a stick?
2: Well, we were young kids out in Victoria. And down the road lived the family, and the father was a fireman. And as you may know in Victoria, a lot of the lacrosse players back in the 70s were lacrosse or were firefighters. Still so, are.
0: Yeah, still are. Still yeah, happy, yeah. yeah. Still,
2: exactly. Still are. So um, he put their kids into lacrosse. They were an identical set of twins, the same age.
0: Oh, we're talking Peppers, About,
2: right? We are talking okay. Pepper Brothers. So they started playing at the age of three. Uh, they seemed to enjoy it. You know, Bob Pepper talked my father into having us come out, and uh, we went out and started playing with them at the age of four.
1: So and I know you guys played every sport under the sun growing up, like most, most kids in a, most kids do, but, and, and you guys were pretty good at, at basketball and rugby and whatever you put your hands on. But I know it might be tough to describe into words, but what about lacrosse? When you put your hand on that stick made you think that this was the game that that i loved more than more than all the rest
2: well i don't know if i could say that until you know later in my career i mean when i was a kid uh, basketball was great i mean it was the best sport to play because you could you know go out and shoot hoops by yourself and practice and get better and it was fun you know practice dribbling that sort of thing uh rugby was another sport that i loved and there's definite times where I like those two sports more than lacrosse.
0: That's you know, it. it was that's still
2: seasonal. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just saying that's interesting that 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 you felt that way and and I mean I don't know how accessible box boxes outdoor boxes were in Victoria back then, Paul. But like, was that something that you and Gary did as kids go down to the lacrosse? Oh,
2: oh, We we played them all. Yeah. I mean, we we from the age of four we started playing lacrosse and soccer and then at the age of five, we picked up basketball and then rugby came in later in middle school and then through high school. So, I mean, we, we liked all sports. We enjoyed playing it. We had a great group of kids that we got to play with uh, on all these various teams. So we had a pretty tight team connection and uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. And like I said, I, I, they were all great, you know, well, except for soccer.
1: (laughs) Baseball too. Baseball. Throw baseball out the window. Whatever. I want to know, Paul. Like you know, you guys are you're starting to get you know you grow up and you're starting to get recruited by Syracuse and talking to colleges and that. And even at Syracuse, like you know, when did you start to think or did it ever cross your mind that this is something that I could do professionally? Because league was sort of just fledgling at that time, just sort of getting off its ground. But you know, did it think? What did you think the ceiling was? I guess is my question. Like, how far did you think you could get with lacrosse?
2: Well, let me correct you. First of all, there wasn't any schools out recruiting Gary and I. So <laughs> let's start there. It was just Syracuse. No one else. Right. right. Um, so that, that's the start to that question. And then, oh, you know, you talk about the early days of the NLL, or back then it was the MIL, but, um, you know, I wasn't even really aware of it until my senior year. They started in 87, and yeah. we were in college. We were in college college in 87 and so so 87 88 89 we were pretty unaware of the league going on we, we were kind of living in our own bubble uh, at syracuse you know just trying to to win and, and play as well as we can not thinking about the future uh, in fact the opportunities seem greater kind of in the field lacrosse realm Uh, More so in the field lacrosse realm than they did in indoor lacrosse. Like I said, we weren't that aware of it at the time. And, you know, all of a sudden there was these opportunities in field lacrosse. So we really started thinking about how can we potentially have careers within the field lacrosse market, not even thinking about indoor pro.
0: Speaking with 2006 charter member of the national lacrosse league hall of fame, Paul gate. And I, there's so many directions I want to go, Paul. Like I want to talk about the equipment and the innovation side of things. I want to tell you, and you mentioned feeling, do you have a preference on like I, for you and Gary, like I look at a guy like John Tavares, f- fabulous box player like unbelievable box player but didn't really dabble too hard I know you had a little stint there at Team Canada but didn't really dabble too hard in the field lacrosse game you guys really excelled at both disciplines is there did you prefer one of the one of the other
2: no we we never re- well, no I didn't prefer one over the other and we never really looked at it like field and box you know to us it was just lacrosse uh, we started playing field lacrosse when we were kids uh, around the age of 12 Obviously, playing box across at four, so we had a head start in the box game. But, you know, really getting to play both relative at a relatively young age, 12, you know, it became the same sport. It just what it was was two different seasons now instead of one. I mean, in the old days when we started playing, you had a spring-summer season for box across outdoors, and then that was it. Put your stick away, and you're on to soccer and, and uh, basketball whatever, and other sports. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hockey for the hockey guys. I was never a hockey guy, but it's okay. Um, so we, literally, I can remember placing my wooden stick, you know, in the closet under the stairs, and literally not seeing it until the right before lacrosse season in the, the following spring. So what kind of wood you know, did you
0: rock? What kind of wood did you play with? You remember? Well,
2: yeah, um, and I really don't remember until I was about 11, but it was a Logan. Oh. You know, we used Logans uh, from the age of 11. Actually, the age of 12 on. It's all we ever used, and right up to my 90.
0: Now, when Man did you Cup make the switch? When did you make that switch from, from wood to, to the Tupperware?
2: About the age of, well, as soon as field Across came around. So, at the age of 12, yeah, we started using uh, – Plastic sticks in in outdoor, and then the woodies in the indoor. And then when you know when you're young like that, though, we actually used the the field sticks right away uh, from about the age of 13 on because they were so much lighter. You know, they were lightweight plastic and aluminum versus our heavy wood, so it just allowed you to do a little bit more. Yeah. So it wasn't until we hit the junior A ranks that we went back to wood for box. So from the age of 13, 14, 15, we used all you know all plastic. And then and at the age of 16, we went back to wood in box.
0: Got to protect and, yourself a little bit in, in, in summer ball, right? Got to,
2: <laughs> well, it, it's about defense. It's about defense. And really, it was about holding the ball. Yeah. I mean, a wooden, a wooden stick has a lot of ballast. And a plastic lightweight stick does not. So it was harder to hold the ball, and harder, obviously, to dislodge the ball.
0: Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you about this, Paul and Brad. You can jump in here with a couple after this. But it, and I always attribute this to you guys. And and you were the guys that I first saw kind of doing. It. And I think you were like rocking like an SDX Turbo or something at the time. Mm-hmm. But you and Gary used to bend the shafts intentionally, like put a little bit of a bow in it, which I attribute to really inventing the offset head which is now like in every stick and instead of bending the head essentially you guys used to kind of bow your shafts a little bit and that created that offset feeling for me tell me about that
2: well yeah it kind of started when we were kids
0: um you know we we had a lot of
2: really kids when we started with the wooden sticks Because we played a lot more defense back then. And sometimes our wooden sticks would bend forward from checking so much. Sure, yeah, yeah. And and then they didn't cradle very well. Couldn't flip those over. Couldn't
0: flip that over. Right,
2: right. (laughs) Right. So what we did when we were kids was we started steaming and bending back the handles. Interesting. So we literally take one that was bowed the wrong way and then try and bend it the right way. And you know we, we weren't alone in this. Um, Kevin Alexander was also a big fan of the bent handle, so you know he was the one who first started doing it with the aluminum stick.
0: Man, can and he string we got a stick that- too? Hey, like he did he string your guys' yeah. sticks at at first? No, no,
2: <laughs> no. We we uh, always strung our own sticks from about the age of ten, awesome. far as back far back as we can remember. I mean gary and i have uh, we have a lot of experience when it comes to stringing we use we've strung several all leather lacrosse sticks where the yeah, cross yeah. lace was full leather and everything back when we were kids and that and you know we produced our own gut wall and stuff like that and then tried to make a modern version of it when we were kids and you know so we've had a lot of experience around the stick stringing
1: what were your impressions with the MILL when when you got there? Like, obviously, to this day, it's still a different rule book than what we're used to growing up in Canada. Um, a, a different stage, but you get there, and this is this is the game you're playing now. What were you? What were your thoughts at that time?
2: Well, you know, the the rules weren't a big factor because you know we played a lot of field, a lot of college field, which was different rules than uh, the world lacrosse rules. So it was. It was more that the fact that we were playing in front of fans, you know, the, the MIL had fans and, you know, in the Canadian leagues, it's hard to get fans out to games. So you play in front of, you know, a couple hundred people there and you're happy they showed up, you know, you get in a, a good man cup in Victoria you might get 4,000 people, but you know, you go to the MIL, I mean, Detroit, I think when we are, uh, rookie year in Detroit, I think we averaged about 12 or 13,000. That seemed like a ton. And and that's really what separated that game from box for us was just, it seemed like it was a pro league because there was people willing to pay to watch.
0: And what about like the early days of that league, Paul? Like it was filled with <laughs> great. <laughs> I know you're chuckling here back in 91, 92, but it was filled with like really good American big athletes that could play field lacrosse, but really had no idea what was involved when it came to box lacrosse. And you guys are out here kind of running. You must have been like, what are these guys do? Was it difficult to kind of play with those or expect, like what to expect when you went into those games?
2: No, I think, uh, you know, that might've been in 87 and 88. It was a little more like that. They had uh, brought in a, a bunch of Ontario lacrosse players into the league by the time uh ninety one rolled around. And you know, when ninety one rolled around, uh, I think about we had five Americans on the team. Okay. And the rest were all Canadian. A lot of we had some Sarnia boys and you know the Martinello brothers. Right, right. So, right. You know, we we had a pretty core group of Canadians. Ted Sawicki was our goalie. You know, longtime Canadian box guy. So yeah. It didn't see again, the game didn't seem that much different. You know, other than the bike shorts. <laughs> you know, the bike <laughs> shorts and the fans. Now we're down to bike shorts and fans. Yeah. That was the main, the main difference. Um, and, uh, you know, the Americans that were in the league at that time ended up sticking around. They were pretty good. Yeah. And they ended up, you know, having spots on teams um, Well, when they made you carry so many Americans. So that, that was one reason. But they were also pretty good you know we had what? we had kevin kevin finner and uh, you know fincross there and he ended up being a a good uh, you know indoor box player during his what, career
1: what about the years when it got a little out of control and the refs are really kind of letting the guys play and you know we we've spoken to every single hall of famer so far and you know and some some refuse to refuse to admit that you know some of that some of the headhunting was encouraged at that time some say it was some say it wasn't but like you know the game did get a little of a hand for a for a few years there um how was it playing that time like you were one of the superstar players obviously had a mark on your shoulder every night you went out there um what were those years like
2: well I, it was fun for us you know? <laughs> yeah. i mean i i didn't see i didn't see it being too much more physical um than the, the box league, especially when you're going from uh, B.C. to Ontario and the two different styles there. And this you're not just shying like away from style. that.
0: You're not shying away yeah. from the physical contact anyways, Paul. Like no, you were a guy yeah, that enjoyed that. That's part of the
2: game, you know. I mean, that's that's
0: what you expect when we're
2: playing dual lacrosse. Yeah, and, mean, and maybe, you know, maybe we've kind of had that target on our back throughout our, you know, at least junior career at that point and some of the senior, you know. Games that we were in, so it wasn't that much different, and it really wasn't that out of control. You know, uh, when you watch some of the the old fights in the old days, the American guys going at it, I mean, they're keeping their helmets on. They're throwing a lot of punches, but there's no damage being done.
0: Mm-hmm. No, Dallas has like just endless. Uh, Dallas Helikus just got endless footage on his YouTube channel of uh, of the crazy days. A career that started in 1991 and, and ended. Well, it it ended in 2002 and then came back for one more year so you could play with your brother. What was that like, Paul, to walk away from the game in 2002 after a 114 point season? Was it just the body telling you that it was time, or, or how do you do that? 114 points and I'm done.
2: Well, that was actually uh, orchestrated with, you know, I I made a commitment to the company I was working for that I would, you know, retire from lacrosse and take on more responsibility at the company. So that, that's how that happened. You know, I did, I didn't want to go out kind of on a a low note. So I, you know, I I was plagued with injury and, and mainly arthritis near the end of my career and I was struggling the last five years, really, uh, and if not longer, with a, a bad back, you know, bad ankles, bad elbows, <laughs> and... I don't mean to I laugh, I you know, just you know, feel your pain. <laughs> I feel your pain, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I really didn't get to play it at the high level those last few years, you know. It's, you know 2001 was terrible, 2000, you know, and it just wasn't great, so I planned on retiring in 2002, I Went out and I had, you know, both ankles cleaned out, both elbows cleaned out. Got back in shape after that because you need to take a little time off from running. So I got back in shape and just hoped I could have a good season and go out. You know, I was hoping, more so hoping for a championship than anything else. Yeah. I mean, a good season would be icing on the cake, but, you know, the, whole, the goal every year was always to win. And uh, unfortunately, it just didn't happen
1: led the league in goals and points before walking away for a couple of years. And then you come back in 2005 to, to play with Gary again in, in Colorado. What was that decision? Like you wanted to go, you wanted to retire again the same time that Gary did, or were you guys had a good shot at one more championship together?
2: Well, I got tricked into that. Steve Govett <laughs> called me and, you know, said, Hey, how'd you like to come play a couple games? We'll try and win this championship. And, you know, you ask a guy to come and try and win a championship and you're like, shit, it's hard to say no, yeah, but yeah. I, I made the mistake. You know, I came out, uh, unfortunately at that point, um, uh, you know, most of the, our, just three years, most of the arthritis was back. Uh, I can remember the first weekend that came out, we had back to back games, Friday and Saturday. After the, the game Saturday, I literally went home in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk. My ankles were so sore. Man. Um, and, you know, and then we ended up losing, you know, a couple games later, losing not making the playoffs, so it was all it was all over. and you know, it definitely was a mistake. I was not anywhere near the type of player that I was when I retired or before that, so. Sometimes you make mistakes, and that just happened to be one of them. Hey,
0: I hear that, man.
2: Steve
1: Govett trying to build up a little marketing yeah, buzz right. heading into the end of the season? <laughs> there, or is that one of
2: them? Well, 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 yeah, I did want to retire. You know, my my our plan. Gary and I had briefly talked years earlier about retiring around the age of 35, and that's when I ended up retiring the first time. And um, so, you know, when I came back three years later, he was planning on retiring. We do it done, but obviously that wasn't the end for him either.
0: A few more minutes here with Hall of Famer Paul Gates. Uh, stops in Detroit, Philadelphia, Rochester, Syracuse, uh, the Washington Power, of course, and your final stop in Colorado there. Did, it's a lot of teams uh, over a long career there, Paul. Did you feel a connection to, to one team more than the other? Like, if you were going to retire as a player and, and have your jersey honored by one of these teams, which, which one would you go into the Hall of Fame with?
2: Oh boy, that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, now if I look back at it, you know, they, they're all pretty close. I mean, other than the Pittsburgh Crossfire, oh. <laughs> not even on the <laughs> list one, here. Yeah, <laughs> that that that's the one that missed the list there. But it was it was just half a season. I think I got traded from Syracuse to. But you know, the memorable ones were. You know, obviously the, the the places where you win. So Detroit, Rochester, Philly, those are great. Um, you know, and and going out in, in Washington, although it wasn't a great franchise, that had great success. It was memorable because I was older and I enjoyed you know the games and being on the road for that those two seasons. So the answer is I really couldn't pick one. Okay, I mean it would not it would either be. Just say, know, just say Philly Detroit for French. Hey, Faith, don't,
1: I said don't piss off the Philly people. They'll, uh, they'll let <laughs> yeah, us know if yeah. you don't say Philly. Uh, no, it's,
2: all, it's all pretty equal. All great times for sure.
1: Two rapid fire ones for me here, Paul. Uh, toughest defender you ever played against and toughest just, goaltender you ever played against. The well,
2: I'm going to say Pat Coyle because, you know, uh, it felt like he was always trying to hurt me. And <laughs> he was. You weren't the only one, Paul. You weren't the only one. You know what I mean? Like, I've been driven headfirst into the boards more than once from him, you know, on a check from behind. So, Uh, so Patty Coyle and then uh, goalies. Who do I struggle with goalie-wise? Boy, there was some, pretty much all of them.
0: Now, come on. um, Yeah not not a guy that you went I mean it's, uh, it's, it's there's always there's,
1: there's always like an obscure guy you know like uh a,
0: I'm, well, I'm 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 at junior here I'm go, I'm up to junior A right now who <laughs> was, was it that I think it was JT JT said Dwight Medke, like he just could not score on Medke.
2: Yeah. Well Dwight was tough but I ended up figuring him out and I ended up playing with him you know yeah. so yeah he, I had some pretty good games against him after that so before that, yeah, he was tough, you know, until we got to play together. What do we get,
0: got? We got Shudder, another, yeah, we got a lot of them. Uh, Whipper, we got uh, Bill Gary. I think it's going to be – you
2: know you know who it is? It's actually Pat O'Toole. Hall of Famer. You know,
0: yep, Hall back, of Famer. When,
2: back when he was in Buffalo, I had a tough time against him, and I had a tough – I also had a tough time against him when he played uh, in Brampton as well. You know, he just – he knew my moves. It yeah. was a chess match, and <laughs> he knew a lot of my moves, and he had the answer. So,
1: Did you play with him in Rochester, too?
2: Um, I did not play with him. Did, okay. in, did, no, I did not play with so him. So you in didn't, didn't
1: get the time to figure him out there like no. you did with the, No, I
2: just right. got, exactly. If I got to play with him, because that, that's what it is. Right? Goalies do the same things good shooters do, they just study each other and find their weaknesses. And goalies look at players and find out what they like to do. You know, what shots they like, what shots they're going to use. And the good goalies can figure out shooters in practice. And the good shooters can figure
0: out goalies in practice. Just a couple of more minutes. I swear to God here, Paul Gate. Uh, Got to ask you this. We ask every NLL Hall of Famer that comes on. Uh, You went in way back in 2006, the very first class. But uh, if you can think back, Paul, to a guy that you think – Belongs in the NLL Hall of Fame that is not currently in there. Can could you pick a guy?
2: Oh boy! Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'd have to look down the list to be quite honest. But, we can, can we can help you out. Uh, we can, we, we, I'm pretty I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I assume any anyone I know is already in. <laughs> you know, at this point. But. Yeah. Well, we've had a lot <laughs> of votes
0: Finn's, for Finn. Not
1: in. Big burgie's not in.
2: I'm not. I mean, I love being in. You know, the Hall of Fame, you know, the memories of playing are so much stronger than the accolade of being in the Hall of Fame and and I I know that I and I know and I hope that the players that aren't in the Hall of Fame feel the same way that, you know, it's just a title. You know, being there and having put in your time and getting to play with the boys and win some games and win some championships means a lot more than being in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. Listeners listening to this can't see, but you're sitting in a, in a big old warehouse in Albany, New York. I imagine for, for your company, Gate Lacrosse, there. Albany, New York, where the National Lacrosse League is headed back to. Um, will you have any involvement? And in, is, is that city ready?
2: Oh, I'm going to go to all the games for sure. Um, you know, and is it ready? Yes. So the, the guy that's heading it up locally, George, he has uh, had some great success in the arena football. Uh, leagues around here yeah. so um, you know they they averaged 12 11 12 thousand people a game for arena football and it was a 14 league i mean the guy was phenomenal He put it together they won a championship they had great crowds so i know that the ownership group has a, a great front man and it, you know he's going to do a good job and if he has, you know, three-quarters of the success that he had in arena football, I think he's going to do well, and the team will do well, and uh, everyone will be happy. I know I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, as are we. Uh, last last one here for you, Paul, and, and I'd be remiss. You're sitting in your warehouse right now, Gate LaCrosse. Uh, got to give give you an opportunity to, to plug your company here. You got the Torque. You got the Apex. You got the Whip. Tell me what's happening uh, in Albany, New York, with Gate LaCrosse, and what... Uh, the players can expect here coming onto the market in the coming days? Well, gate
2: lacrosse just recently, well, prior to COVID recently launched. So now it's been a year and a half. Uh, and really we're just trying to get back to the roots of, of what we've, you know, what we enjoy about the industry. And that is making great products, being a little innovative, trying to be leaders in, in, in areas like pockets, you know, where we started when we were kids and uh, so far we've had great success even though it has been uh, a struggle through covid we've had great success launching the gate women's um we're we're seeing great demand and a lot of excitement and we're getting ready in april here to launch the gate men's product we have a few legacy products out there in the the, uh tour but we're launching five new men's heads uh, in the next in the next six months so And a lot of them geared towards what's great and what the great players want to use. So we've got, uh, you know, a a Torque 2 coming out. We've got a gate defensive head, a gate face-off head, um, a gate, you know, pro-style head. And then uh, we have a great, uh, a good gate field-style head. So we've got, you know, pretty much every angle covered when it comes to lacrosse heads. And then uh, we'll go move on to protective and gloves from
0: there there you go uh well you put you put the name gate on on a product uh, you can sign me up man i'm buying that thing so <laughs> paul uh Thank you. listen man i Congratulations on just an amazing Hall of Fame career in the National Lacrosse League and, and lacrosse in general and always on the the cutting edge of, of new technology when it comes to gear. You've heard it. Uh, he started making pockets back when he was like 12 years old and it's never stopped for these guys. Uh, Paul, I know you and Gary got a birthday coming up uh, next month. So do I. So happy birthday and thanks so much for doing this. Thank Best you. of luck with uh, with Gate Lacrosse and, and hopefully we can do this again sometime.
2: Yeah. Thank you. And I do want to give a shout out to all the, uh, the owners over the years uh, throughout the, the league itself. I mean, these guys are putting their heart and soul in the starting up teams, putting their money behind it. And, you know, it's been a rocky road over the years and I just appreciate guys when to go out and take a chance to help grow the game. So shout out to all the owners uh, past and present and future. And uh same to all the players out there. I mean, uh hopefully this league will continue on to have great success and one day we'll be talking to players like they're uh, you know, truly former world class players that can retire on their
0: pensions Make, from playing. There you across. go. Yeah, well Amen, said, right. man. Well yeah. said. Amen to yeah. that. Uh and Thank you.
1: We'll see you in Albany one day. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for doing yes,
0: this. Yes, absolutely. All right, guys. That calls to the hall right there. I think they were brought to you by somebody. You want to let us know who?
1: We've been hearing lots over the past year about shopping local, and Stampede Tack truly appreciates the support of the local community. Stampede would also like to thank all their customers from coast to coast who've shopped online this year. In the spirit of keeping things local, we'd like to remind everyone of the fantastic selection of Canadian boots made from both boule and Canada West boots. Whether you need boots for riding your horse or riding a motorcycle, or maybe something CSA for the job site, Stampede and Tack Western Wear will have them for you. Stampede and Tack in Cloverdale at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th Street, where you'll find an outstanding collection of Canadian-made boots. You can always shop online at stampede.ca, because shopping online is still shopping low
0: there you go one half of the gate brothers down we'll have gary next week that was fantastic conversation there with the one and only paul gate let's take a break brad let's get to quarter three quick sticks are coming up next here on lax Glass. stick around lacrosse flash podcast network
2: This is Hall of Fame netminder Dallas Elliott. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse.
0: Welcome back to Lax Class. As we move into quarter number three, Jake Elliott, Brad Schellinger with you, and uh, the Vancouver Warriors with us as well as they just finished wrapping up their successful spring break camp out there at the Langley Event Center. With Coach Gill and the boys. Uh, but as we wait for the National Lacrosse League to return to play, you can stay up to date with your Vancouver Warriors by following them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as at VancouverWarriors.com. Coming up in the month of April, the Warriors will be featuring virtual calls with your favorite players and coaches so you can talk to them, ask them questions as they get ready for the season, and how you can get ready as well. Uh, Keep checking back on the Warriors social channels for up to date news and information, features on your Vancouver Warriors and also on the Warriors' favorite podcast, Lacrosse. Hey, that's us, Lacrosse Classified. We're the Warriors' favorite podcast, Brad. Did you know that? I'm happy to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> me, too. <laughs> me too, man. So, virtual calls coming up. Uh, we'll look forward to that. Uh, quick sticks here on EP 125. Where do we begin, Bradley? Let's start with the NLL 35 moments, and it's a game that we were both uh, pretty familiar with. I was actually in the building in the Pepsi Center at the time for this one as uh, we go back to a night where Adam Jones went ham in the fourth quarter with a sock trick and just stole the victory away from the Stealth.
1: Yeah, I'm still still peeling my jaw off the floor after that night. Like, it was... And what I've learned since, I don't know if I just forgot this because so much has happened in the last six years, five years. He was he was on pace to to tie John Grant Jr. with an with an NLL record uh, goal storing streak, games consecutive games with a goal, right, he was, right, like, right. fifty four. Yeah. And had zero heading into the fourth <laughs> quarter. And I don't know who probably who did you say it on the broadcast? Adam Jones goalless after no, three yeah, no, streak no, about to come to an end before uh before he opens up i don't know just then like he just couldn't man it's like
0: t rex i know but then looking
1: looking back at looking at that highlight reel this this morning or the last couple of days though and seeing all those goals like you know some of them some of them pretty uncontested a lot of yeah. a lot of outs a lot of outside shooting a lot of late slides might a lot want of sticks to stick everything stick like yeah, might want to that check was that, 16 no, it was just that that 2014 stealth defense and Jones just ripped it apart. He got one in transition, oh and then that game winner with two seconds left. Like what? What a moment! What a story! A come from behind win. I couldn't imagine what it'd been like to be in the Pepsi Center that night when they were down heading into the fourth. Doom and gloom, and then he just opens up and goes off like that, yeah. and then scored seven goals a week later. So what was that 13 <laughs> goals in back to back games, and then set. At the time, a uh, a goal scoring streak of fifty fifty five or fifty six games.
0: Which... Well, listen, Jonesy's coming back healthy, right? Like, I mean, he hasn't played, and and like, think about that injection. Couple of years. It'll be it'll the... be
1: a couple of years. It'll be a couple of yeah. years since he's you know, that's played a big at, injection at into that yeah. full strength. I know. We know he's a teacher. He's always had travel issues, but to be right down the street and be close to the Toronto. You wonder the Rock, if
0: he's gonna suit up for the Excels of Owen sound, Brad. He's an own sound boy, yeah. So maybe the, good, I don't know if they can little, uh,
1: match – what... I don't know if he lives there now, but a good little marketing uh, tool if they can put them in, I'm, put him in their lineup.
0: Pretty sure he does. I just don't know if they can match the the price tag that Peterborough's going to offer him. So. Uh, we'll see about that, uh, okay, I got a bunch of shout-outs here that I gotta get through, Brad, so, shout-out to Papa Adam Levy, who announced, uh, just mere days ago that he and his beautiful wife, Nikki, are expecting a brand new baby boy, and I could not be more fired up for Levy. Any comment on that, Brad?
1: I thought you were gonna roll okay, through I'll these shout but I will pause for my good buddy Adam Levy, no, congratulations, he's gonna be a great dad, he's he's super excited, and and it's a game changer, man. I'll just say, having a kid it's an absolute game changer. So prepare for your life to be flipped upside down in the most unpredictable, but uh, but best ways possible. So congrats, yeah. Adam. If you don't know Adam's stuff, visit visit Lacrosse Flash website. Find some of his articles, uh, previous articles on NLL.com. Marvelous. Phenomenal, Marvelous. Phenomenal young
0: writer. Okay, now I'll start rolling through some shout outs. Shout out to David Salisbury, who was off social media for a long time. Still a big fan of the show. He's come back uh, to Twitter and, and probably Instagram as well. So welcome back, David. Shout out hey. to pa- pa- shout out to Patrick Kurtz, who I I know was also a big fan of the show. And uh, use the the code Laxclass twenty at Manscaped. Finally. After months of, of advertising here, uh, Patrick finally bought it. So even though Manscaped not currently with us uh, advertising on the podcast, the code apparently still works. So I just wanted to let people know that. If you still want to go save yourself 20%, maybe they come back if you continue to use the promo code. Free shipping, 20% off, laxclass 20. Code still live. Shout both out
1: Patrick, both Patrick and David, though, both Saskatchewan Rush fans. Yes. So, shout out to Rush Nation in general for continuing to have the, probably the, I know, the best fans in the
0: national lacrosse. Big league. contingent of, of Rush fans uh, on board here with the pot. Shout out to Andy Garant and Cody Tight Robe, Brad Challoner. See this? These guys are running like 50K or something for mental health, and they've been like practicing. It's a, essentially a full marathon. They're running a marathon in the interior for mental health, raising money. A couple of Langley Thunderboys, Ty Krobe and Andy Grant, uh, proud of these kids. And what a what a journey. A marathon. These guys have been training to run, and, and they're doing it, and they're raising money. And these guys deserve a, a shout-out.
1: And they're doing it in the summertime in the Okanagan, which would be like doing it in Scottsdale or San Diego. (laughs) So exactly, and this rail, this the rail trail that they're going to run from Vernon to Kelowna. I've been wanting to plan a bike vacation on that trail. I didn't plan to run it. I plan okay. to ride my bike down that trail one day, a nice cruising through the on the banks of the Okanagan Lake there. And these boys are going to run it uh, to raise money for, for mental health. So definitely find their GoFundMe page. I think they've already surpassed their goal. But uh, if you still want to support, it's going to a great cause. So shout out to those guys.
0: There you go. Another shout out, Neil Horushka, father of Lane Horushka, first round NLL pick to the Georgia Swarm, uh, hooked me up with some... Game, I believe they're game. war in Toronto Rock gloves, Brad Schneider. So Lane, I think Lane had him. Obviously, he can't do anything with him now. They's a member of the Swarm. So Neil sent him my way, and I want to thank Neil for those. And we gotta decide what we want to do with these Toronto Rock gloves, Brad. I think we want to give them away somehow, but we need to think of something to do to give them away, can make make it earn him. Um, but so we'll look for that coming up down the road. And and speaking of that, two more weeks of content suggestions at Lax Class, at Lacrosse Classified, if you want to get at us and get yourself entered into winning a lawnmower courtesy of Manscaped. Uh, we got two to give away. We're going to pick the two best ideas, and we're going to use these coming up on the podcast in the next coming weeks. Speaking of, the... President of the British Columbia Lacrosse Association Jerry Van Beek emailed me the entire 2009 Man Cup. Brad, I have oh. all seven games, but no. no but listen, no audio. Okay, so I'm. Is it fan audio? Is I, it just mute? No, nah, I think it's just mute. I think it's just. I haven't actually dug in yet because I'm, I'm kind oh. of waiting to clear my night up to, to watch these, but. I'm thinking this, so Jerry's going to look around BCLA and see if he can find the actual DVDs with audio, but if he can't, I'm thinking maybe me and you sit down, we watch these together, and we re, like recall it, and put audio to these files, us calling the 2009 Man Cup together from Queens Park Arena, Brampton and the Bellies, what do you think?
1: I dig that idea, or even without just reenacting, because I wouldn't want to take any way from the work you and Teddy did uh, in 2009, but maybe almost doing like a director's cut where the video plays, and it's just commentary. It's not calling the play-by-play, but it's just like – Here's the game where Anthony Cosmo arrived two minutes before game time because he had to go home to Brampton yeah. and then come back. And- Get ready. Here comes here, here, a bench yeah.
0: clearing brawl in about two minutes. Here's,
1: here's bench clearing brawl. Here's- <laughs> Buckle up in well, game seven. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, um, I have the man. I actually got the 95 man cup with audio from, from that man cup at Queen's Park Arena, too. So, uh, I don't know how much that footage has actually been seen, but these are like uh, So and Gill's archives, I believe, that were just kind of hidden away at the B. PCLA and Jerry's going to do some digging for us. So
1: you know, speaking of speaking of digging through the crates, mm. um, Brad MacArthur releasing some video yes. the last couple of weeks they of uh, was it the oh two thousand two two thousand three Man- Minto. Minto Cup in Saint or in back in Ontario. I watched uh, a bit of Burn Me versus Orangeville, and then I think last Monday he was going to put out Game One between in the finals of. Uh, St. Catharines and Burke. and Burnaby, yeah. but like the names on on both oh, those rosters that went on to phenomenal pro careers. Yeah, I watched the game that it was an upset. Apparently, Burnaby beating Orangeville in the semis to get to the finals to play St. Catharines. But yeah, Ilya Geit scoring a, a go ahead goal, or uh, maybe the more like a backbreaker in transition late in the game. Like I just remember. And speaking of that man cop, what a savage! Ilya geich was for oh. a few years there like he, when he was <laughs> a junior and he was player. one of the best lacrosse players in the world
0: he was my and absolute favorite player to watch i
1: have this and i don't know how founded this is and maybe you could back me up but yeah. i've always had this theory about Ilya geich that it didn't translate as well into the nll because he'd already put so many miles hard miles on himself yeah. playing in all those minto cups and playing in all those man cups by the time he Got out of college Bob and Miles. got and drafted Bob and then Miles. got to NLL. Yeah. He had a couple of good seasons in the National Lacrosse League, but nothing well, he was compared kind of tweeter, to when tweeter, he was like the Brad. best player like, in the world when he was playing for the Salmon Bellies those few years.
0: Yeah, like the Like he could have just played pure O. He could have just played pure D. He could have just been a. Tra- he was such a five tool guy, but he just like he wasn't super super good at one discipline. He was just really really good at all of them. You know what I mean?
1: But there's room there's room for, sure those, there's. Guys. Yeah, there's room for those guys. There's room for those now. guys. yeah, maybe more so now and maybe that's why he didn't get uh, get get the minutes and the numbers that maybe we thought he would get in his early National Lacrosse League days but yeah, yeah those those three man cups with the, runs with the Salmon bellies and what he did in junior you know he could have been one of the best players we've ever seen i think that man seen. cup still, changed him
0: a little bit too brad like yeah, that was hard yeah, like on him. i don't want to give that's, it all away but it came down to game 7 and the ball and his stick and and things went sideways so. but yeah that
1: and that's one of the stories to be told from that from that man cup series. Absolutely. like yeah
0: so i i'm we got we got to talk about that but i'm i'm really liking the idea of somehow Getting that 2009 Man cap out to the people once again. Uh, what else? Chris Boushey, South Africa. I retweeted this. Find Bushy's Twitter handle. He's got South Africa lacrosse off the ground here. He's trying to raise some money. Friend of the program, Chris Boushey, and I wanted to, to give him a shout-out for all the work he's doing with South Africa to get that program off the ground. Needs your help. Needs your support. Support Chris Boushey in South Africa. What else, Brad? Keegan Ball put out an article, John Lentz, behind the cage, and this thing got a lot of traction. And what a story Keegan Keegan Ball tells about his kind of path to the NLL, the, the hurdles he had to overcome to get to where he is. And, man, did I love that last little line about Josh Sanderson whipping a ball to get well, off the turf. What a story. Yeah,
1: this is John Lintz getting stories out of these guys for, for lacrosse flash and a new series called Behind the Cage. And I don't know if he sat down and interviewed Keegan or just basically said, here's my platform and type away and bang out your article. But Keegan Ball was very open. I think John Lintz, you know, you and I think we can get open stories out of players, but a player that's currently in the NLL is going to get some good stories from guys that that he knows and, and, and trust him, right? So Keegan Ball really opened up talking about uh, after he got cut from, from the stealth a few years ago thinking He's I'm done. done. Like, what am I keep doing this for? I was, I had, you know, three points a game for the first three games of the season. And I still got cut because the guy came off of IR. Like he was sort of disheartened, but found a new love for the game, winning those president's cup battles. And then talked in the article about how I grew up idolizing Josh Sanderson ended up passing Josh Sanderson's president's cup points record and then on a game in San Diego a couple of years ago. Left a um, stick on the turf. Yeah, left a stick on the turf. Seals are starting to practice. Keegan Ball goes on the bench to get his turf. The, the seal players are yelling him to get the hell off the floor. A ball goes whipping past his head. He turns around. It's Josh Sanderson. <laughs> too humble in the article, though, to say that he came back that night. Keegan Ball did. Uh, scored six goals, I think, and four assists and helped the Warriors win uh, in San Diego and really sparked that rivalry. And another cool thing, too. It, it, all, along those lines is listening to the seals podcast last week, Teddy Jenner and uh, Nick to and Frank chiliano and Teddy asked him, like, who's your biggest rival? And Frank said, Vancouver. And I love to hear that. Cause yeah. I've thought the last couple of years since the warriors came in, that their biggest rival was by far San Diego. And I'm glad San Diego feels the same way. Cause there was for years there, Jumbo, you and I talked about it all the time that yeah,
0: Calgary, in the, stealth, in
1: the stealth incarnation, Calgary, Warriors thought that Calgary was their their rival, but Calgary never agreed to that. They they thought it was the Rush, and Colorado or Vancouver thought was it was Colorado, and Colorado didn't agree to that. They thought it was Calgary too. So it's nice that there's that Vancouver and San Diego right now both believe that. They are each other's nemesis, and it's good for the league, and let's see them play again.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Come on. Yeah, and Keegan, I also want to say Keegan Ball, giving Dan Richardson a lot of credit. Like, he was kind of the only guy that could have convinced him, like, no, we want you to come and play. You're going to make this team. You're going to be a part of this team. You're going to be a big part of the team. And that's kind of what coaxed Keegan back out. Yeah,
1: telling Keegan that he was basically his first phone call when he got the GM job was phoning Keegan Ball and saying, you're coming to camp.
0: And I'll say this about Keegan. You know, he got drafted to Toronto by Terry Sanderson.
1: Yeah, that was a fun quirk, too. I was thinking about that after reading that article. Yeah. like that.
0: And, I, yeah, and, and I'll say this. Like, t- you look at Terry's draft record. He doesn't miss too often on, on his draft picks. But he very rarely, if ever, drafts a Western player. And the fact that he drafted Keegan to Toronto as a Western kid told me a lot about Keegan Ball. And it just took him a little longer to to pan out than most guys, but he is, he's on the scene now, and he's a he's a productive guy.
1: Yeah, he's he's the right he's the he's the righty general for that Vancouver Warriors team. Oppositions plan for the ball and Keegan Ball stick and the moves that he's going to make and the feeding ability that he has. Slick. He's fun to watch. He, he's he's yeah. He's lanky. He's swift. And uh, I just want to see him ball out again.
0: There you go. Uh, last one I got here on quick sticks, Jack Riley. Cup here. Junior B Tier 2, this has coming. this hasn't been played for since 1995, but Randy Clough there, Extreme Trans, uh, new commish of Junior B Tier 2, is bringing back the Jack Riley Cup, so I, I love to see teams and leagues have trophies to play for, and, you know, playing Tier 2, or Junior B Tier 2, whatever you want to call it, now these guys have something to play with. It's a Western Canadian Championship, hasn't been brought, played for since 1995 but they're bringing this back and I love to see it.
1: Yeah, so Alberta will be involved in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. As well. yeah. And Manitoba and everything. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I love I love to see that too. One of my things if I'll only float this theory by you. And okay. I think we've kicked, we've kicked this around before, but it's tough when there is say there's a junior A team, a tier 1 team and a tier 2 team all in the same market. Okay. So say you're Coquitlam and you have junior A, you have tier one and and you have tier two, right? But, you know, what if there was almost like a a relegation system and a delegation system? So you win that championship in junior b Tier 2 say you're the Richmond Roadrunners, boom, next year that team is now a junior B tier one team. Yeah. And the last place team in Tier One goes. They do down. that in soccer, you, right?
0: They do that yeah, in soccer. Yeah,
1: than European soccer, and same you can do the same thing with Junior A. Like finish last place in Junior A, and you go down to Tier One. Win provincials in Tier One, and you go up to Junior A for a year and yeah. see if you can.
0: I like the concept. Hang. I think there's just too many things to overcome there. Like having the same, like two of the same city both in junior A potentially. Yeah, or... you can
1: only you can only have one and we're really not big enough. Like yeah. maybe you could do it in Ontario more so than, than B C right now, based on how strong the junior B tier one league is there and based on how many cities there are. Yeah.
0: I think we're uh, a little ways away from that. I like the concept that and that you know that's motivation like don't suck or you're going down a level or if you do really well, hey, you're gonna go up against the big boys. But maybe so,
1: maybe if you include not just the lower mainland the B C Junior League, maybe it is a Western Canada. Yeah. Thing.
0: Could be, on to, you, there, Could be on to something there, Chilin. That helps you compete
1: with that at Founders and at Minto.
0: Could be on to something there. All right, man, that was a, a good, healthy quick sticks. That was a good, healthy quarter number three, which means just one more break and one more quarter. Stampede Stallion of the Week comes up in quarter number four. Flax Glass back after this.
2: Hey, this is Pat Coyle, head coach of the Colorado Mammoth. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified.
0: No more breaks on Lacrosse Classified as we move into the fourth and final quarter here, Brad. Uh, another big program, man. Holy cow. Uh, Paul Gate, bunch of quick sticks. And now we move into the fourth quarter here, in the quarter where we like to do our Stampede Stallion of the Week. Uh, you're right ahead for for the stables. Let's dance. Let's do it. Stampede stallion of the week, Brad. Brought to you by our good friends. <laughs> yes, we're Me, me. Uh, Stampede Stallion of the Week. Brad, did you know that Stampede Tack and Western Wear carries a wide selection of Carhartt hoodies, jackets, t-shirts, overalls, toques, and beanies? Tell me more. How about the Carhartt face mask? Need some gear for your work crew? Ask them about corporate or bulk orders. They even have some Carhartt for kids. Be sure to drop by Stampede Tack in Cloverdale at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th where you'll find outstanding collection of Carhartt products, or you can always shop online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. And, Brad, my pick this week, and I think we mentioned it, it was week week four, maybe a couple weeks ago, uh, we needed to, to add another tendy to the stable here. So I've gone out and I've made my selection this week. To Orangeville, Ontario, we go... For the man they call B, Brandon Miller will join the Stampede Stable this week.
1: If you're not familiar with the Stampede Stallion of the Week, it's a player who was an underdog currently or throughout their career. Like they're not. A, this is a goaltender who I don't think was ever nominated for a goaltender of the year, was never an MVP finalist, but a guy who you know had a solid career. Twenty
0: and- years, Brett.
1: Guy is always one of them on their team. So Brandon Miller fits that, fits that to an absolute T like 20 years and only a few of those as like a bonafide number one, most of that time in Philly, like wherever he was, there was usually someone in front of Brandon Miller, but he was always there to back up and to jump in when needed. he had a great one as Philly's number one goaltender, you know, eclipsing 800 minutes in five seasons in a row from 2010 to, to 2013. Big year and then for goes the to Chicago Toronto.
0: Shamrocks too. Remember that? It was like Batley. And they expanded yeah. And he Shamrock, was, and so. he was
1: a quick, and I think he was the first pick in that expansion draft too. First or second pick. So, you know, coming off, backing up Anthony Cosmo in San Jose, putting up, you know, 256 minutes and then going to Chicago and becoming a number one there. Um, you know, and then the season that always jumped out to me was a little bit later in his career, the 2015 season. He only played 654, but I think it was starting to be established that that was going to be Nick Rose's crease. Right. Um, but then Brent Miller was like, no, I'm not done yet, and ended up, I think, eclipsing Rosie in minutes that year and then played in all four of the playoff games as they went to the Champions Cup Finals in Edmonton, losing to that Marty Dinsdale goal. Um if my memory serves me right, but yeah. yeah, like taking the reins, and he wasn't really supposed to be the guy who started all the all the playoff games that year, but then was, and you know played almost every minute in the playoffs, and and losing by a goal in the finals.
0: Eight thousand four hundred and seventy minutes, uh goals against of just over twelve, a save percentage of just over seventy six. 5455 saves in his career losing record as as a goaltender but Man, I'll tell you what, like I saw him in the President's Cup in what, like 2017, 20, 20, and I'm, I can't even remember how long ago it was now. And he, and he pulled his grade in that President's Cup, and I was kind of like, Brandon, man, like how much longer are we going to do this to yourself here? And he was, oh, you know, I just didn't stretch enough, and, and he was back with the Philadelphia – remember he was like coaching with Toronto, and they were like, no, we want Brandon back. So he technically 2020, he's on the roster, appeared in two games there. What else do we got here? He, one, two, three, five times I think he won – The Man Cup, four-time Man Cup champion as well. Six Nations, Brampton. Uh, This guy has been through the rigor, man. 20 years, Albany, San Jose, Chicago, Philly, Toronto, back to Philly, and just the consummate pro, the consummate teammate, and one of the good guys in the game. Brandon Miller, you are this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. Welcome to the stable. Brad, your pick next week.
1: I feel a bit of a Eastern swing. We might have to come out west next week. I'm surprised this podcast has an Eastern bias. Mm. Take um, that, look, Steve look, Dietrich. Last last six weeks, Dan McCray, Jimmy Quinlan, Dan T, David Brock, Brad Cree, Brandon Miller. There's a lot of uh, a lot of Toronto rock. In there well, hey, over the last little while I of just think these guys
0: there. fit the criteria uh, I will search a little Deeper for, for I actually was going to go With a western guy, i not going to tell you who it was Uh his former belly as well Former roughneck Actually might be a current roughneck still Don't want to give it away, but uh, I'll go back with I'll go western guy next next time It's my turn
1: I'm trying to find all time goaltending records here, so keep keep okay. rambling.
0: Um keep I wanna rambling. yeah, I will. And I and I wanna give out uh a couple of assists here just before we go to, to one, Kevin Alexander, who did a little legwork for us, uh Glenn Clark, head coach of Albany for the assist as well, and big ups to to Mike French as well for kind of giving the gate boys a, a little bit of a nudge here to to come on to the program. So big thank you to those guys uh, and really the thank you goes out to the listener for for checking it out because we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing this if you guys didn't listen to this podcast. So with that being said, please sp- support our sponsors that's how you continue to support this podcast stampede Tack, the vancouver warriors buy those seasons tickets when they come on sale people support the vancouver warriors and if you need a label or you need a package associated labels and packaging will help you out and man they are so good at what they do you won't be disappointed get a quote ask for help and and they have all sorts of things that that can help your company and your products out so Big thank you to all our sponsors and to all our listeners, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Send down a review as well. Follow along on social media. Brad is at Brad Chow. I am at PXP for Sports. The show is at Lax Class or Lacrosse Classified. On the Instagram, we got an email as well. Facebook page, you can you want to look? For, you'll find us if you start looking for us. Put it that way. How was that for rambling, Brad? Are you good now? Oh,
1: nice work. Yeah, I found where Brandon Miller stacks up in all-time career records as a goaltender. Uh, ninth all-time in minutes, mm. seven thousand eight hundred sixty-three, and.
0: Yeah. So the playoff yeah, playoff well, minutes weren't included in there, but yeah,
1: uh, eight, eight, eighth all time in saves, five thousand seventy three sandwiched between Mike Poolin and Matt Disher. Good career. So a top top ten all time in in minutes and saves.
0: There you no, go. Female yeah. in the stable. All right, that's going to wrap up EP 125. We'll be back next week with 126. Gary Gate is next week. You're going to want to tune in for that. Uh, But now we're out of here for Brad Schellinger. I've been Jake Elliott for the fastest game on two feet. For the creator, stay safe and stay healthy, everybody.